0: Hello and welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. And we are so happy to have you Come and listen to our conversation today. Today we're going to be talking about how to be effective witnesses in a chaotic time. Uh, Last week uh, we discussed some, uh, it almost seemed like just the tip of the iceberg, honestly, Mm -hmm. in our discussion about some of the concerning, confusing, discouraging things that are happening in our nation, in the world, in our faith. And, you know, it really... It can be overwhelming at times. For sure, it, it can seem like, oh, wah, wah, wah. yeah, the sky is falling, <laughs> yeah, the sky is sure. failing. And you know, in in many ways, these are these are real things. They're not like just being overreacting to stuff. Like there's some really profoundly difficult things that are going on in the world. Everybody knows that. Everybody realizes it. Mm-hmm. And what we want to focus on today is having a faith filled, hope filled powerful response yes. to difficult things. Amen. You know, because honestly, what is our goal in life? Right. What is the purpose of this life? Mm, to get what to heaven. It? To get to heaven. And bring others with us. To love God, to serve God, and to do his will, right? Absolutely. If we are not following the great commission oh. that Christ gave us, when he ascended into heaven, when he said Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is our call. This is our mission as Christians. And instead of getting so focused on all that's going wrong, Mm -hmm. maybe we can look at this as God's great opportunity to shake things up, to make people less Complacent, less comfortable, less, you know, convicted of their own um, ability to be happy of their own means, exactly, and and to open eyes and make people ready to receive the Word. Yes. Megan, I'm so excited about this episode. I
1: really am. This is kind of my wheelhouse, is the whole, uh, let's make some lemonade out of lemons. So so I'm really excited to get to talk with you about this today because I just really appreciate
0: all your input. And um, let's get going. Let's talk about it. Well, I think one of the most famous verses um, that we love to trot out (laughs) as it relates to evangelization is 1 Peter 3.15. And so I wanted to read it and really just digest this word, you know, not just the superficial, really go deep into this verse. So here it is. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, Mm. always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect. Mm. So what I want to do is to piece that out and really go deep into each part of it. Right. Before you do that, I, I just want to have kind of
1: a reflection I've had during these tumultuous times. It really plays well into this. And that is the Lord's really convicted me not to look too much in the world and what's going on and all this chaos. He's saying, rise above. Let your intellect and your heart be focused on me and on the next world. And this is kind of what we're talking about. This is some tools to how do we elevate our thoughts and our minds and bring Christ to others during this time period.
0: Absolutely. And that really speaks to what you just said to the first part of this verse. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Mm. Let's just, Pam, let's just not even say anything for a a few seconds here. Repeat those words and let them sink into the hearts and minds of whomever is listening. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart is he lord in your heart is he sanctified there is he the first the last the alpha the omega the reason for living the goal of life the sure reward the cure for every ill is he your rock and stronghold that is a moment of discernment in your heart is god lord is christ lord in your heart and in your life because evangelization doesn't proceed with effectiveness and power Unless the answer to that
1: is yes. Right, right.
0: I love the idea of that
1: we must work on ourselves, right? We have Absolutely. to really work on ourselves to build the throne of God within our hearts. He's a sovereign and good God. And then once we get better at that, then we can go and share more with others to bring them all into the fold of Christ.
0: Right. So when when we, you know, look at that, is Christ Lord of my heart? If the answer is no... Then you have some self-examination to do. Why? What part of my life have I not given him control? What part am I holding back? Do I think I need to control that I'm allowing other people in my life to control? Because those both happen, right? right? Yeah. Megan, as you're saying that, I think most people would respond
1: to The question, if he is Lord of my heart, well, yes, of course he is. But we need to dig deeper in to say, well, what is the fruit of that? Right. And we have to have some type of indication that that is true. like, what are some indicators that he is? How's your worry level? Mm -hmm. How's the chaos in your life? You know, do you have chaos? Do you have calm? what's the storm of the world look like to you? Right. The calmer it is, the more apparent it is he is there on the throne. Right.
0: And and sometimes, you know, you can take a look at the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Right. Exactly. If you're really struggling, especially I think sometimes gifts are a little harder to discern that, you know, whether you really have them or not, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit, I think are much, you know, they're more descriptive and they're, they're easier to discern. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, nope, nope, don't have, that, don't have that, don't have that, then chances are that yes. there are areas in your life where you are not, you know, crowning Christ King. Yes. Um, the kindness, the gentleness. Right. So joy, unless you can answer that question. Yes. Don't start looking out to the world to evangelize. That's the point that says to yourself, I need to do some work in my own spiritual life. What does that look like? How do I do that? Look, well, I think the some of the big points there would be. First, sacraments. Mm. Are you taking advantage of the ocean of grace that is waiting to be poured upon you in the sacraments? Oh, love it. You know, at this time, that means... Everything. Everything, but, you know, particularly, I would say, receiving the Eucharist and confession. Absolutely. Are you really seeking those out? Are you, you know... Regularly going to confession, regularly doing examination of conscience between confessions so that you can truly understand Mm -hmm. how you're responding to God's invitations in this life. You know, and remember, examination of conscience is not just how am I messing up. Examination of conscience when done truly holy way is how am I responding yes to God's invitations and how am I responding no? Mm -hmm. And then you can that helps you discern where you've closed the doors to the Lord in your life, where you aren't letting him be Lord. When you when you're noticing I say no here all the time.
1: Right. And Megan, I think it really warrants um, talking about the fact that this 20 and 21 with things being as difficult and as challenging as they are. I, I personally have felt very uh, spiritually assaulted hmm. by uh, the darkness, um, evil, however you want to say it. I feel like it's just been so palpable and really hitting us hard over and over again to try and break our spirit. And I just want to encourage our listeners, if you felt like that, now or in the past, uh, you are not alone. We are all going through this battle all the time as we live it. But hopefully today we're going to shed some light and some tools on how to...
0: Right. And all those difficult things are just more reasons to just... You know, run to the throne of grace. Exactly. You know, and and place our petitions before Him and ask yeah. Him to help us in those areas that we're struggling or that we feel attacked. Yeah. You know, and bring the bring your guardian angel in. Don't forget that oh, that yes. your guardian angel is looking to be at your defense. You I know, have really and help clung you to mind
1: during this time. Yeah, so strongly. What I, what I mean when I say that, I I say the guardian angel prayer. Probably, oh gosh. Half a dozen times throughout the day, just oh, really, that's really wanting to, really nice. to say, oh, I need that guidance. I need mm-hmm. that so much. So and on a personal note, the climate of COVID has made it more difficult for me to attend mass because they changed the mass schedules.
0: Oh, And yeah. that's
1: really been very, very hard for me. Mm-hmm. I can feel it when sure. I'm not receiving the sacraments as regularly as I should. So folks, try it. If you're able to, get to mass more regularly. Right. It will change
0: your world and truth be told you know um we live in texas and we are so blessed to live in the great state of texas and generally the catholic churches are open they are having masses and we are able to receive christ in the eucharist and we are so grateful and so blessed by that but there you know it's very possible that there are listeners who do not have that freedom and our heart breaks for you i want you to know our heart Break for you to be prevented from the most awesome, beautiful, glorious thing that exists in this world, which is Christ and the Eucharist. And so please know that we're praying for all y'all who may be in that circumstance and never doubt that at least Pam and I, (laughs) um, we don't take for granted the great gift that we have, that we continue to be able to go to Mass. And so, you know, I'm going to challenge any listeners who are in places where they can receive the Eucharist to make it a point every time you go and get that beautiful opportunity to pray in solidarity and in love for those brothers and sisters who are being prevented from doing so. Absolutely, Let's storm heaven for the grace. This is a decision that it's going to have to probably come from the bishops in the States where they have been a lot stricter to say, you know what, we're opening our doors. We, we can't, we can't keep our, you know, flock starving any longer. And we pray for that grace, that courage, that fortitude to stand up and say our sheep must be fed. And, but we're praying for you. And, and I'm, I'm going to make that commitment right now. Every time I receive a, a communion, Going forward, until all the churches are open again, I need to pray in solidarity and in love for those brothers and sisters who are being starved.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's
0: mm, mm,
1: such a tragedy.
0: Oh, man, it breaks my heart. So, all right. Sanctifying Christ is Lord in your lives and in your hearts. So that's the first step ask yourself the question am i doing that am i i mean obviously we're not going to be perfect right we there're going to be times where we fall short of all, of doing that all the time but in general is our perspective Christ first Christ first Christ first he's lord he's the, he's the one that calls the shots yeah so the next step always 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 be ready to make a defense okay for the hope. I'm going to skip a couple words because we'll get back to that, but always be ready to make defense for the hope that is within you. So there's really two things there. Am I hopeful? And do I have the capacity, knowledge, desire to share? Why? Mm. It's two things. Am I not hopeful? Then why? Well, truth of the matter is probably you're not hopeful because the first thing didn't get met. Christ isn't Lord in your heart because you're not looking at the eternal perspective. Exactly. You don't, you're not recognizing that this world is passing and that we are ordered towards our eternal home. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope that's within us. The salvation that has been wrought on the cross on that good Friday and the death that's been conquered and the resurrection on, on right. the first Easter. Hope has a face and it looks just like Jesus Christ That's right you know and so to constantly hold on to that you know in these days when there's so much fear and so much anxiety and so much like we're dying everything you know we're going to die from covid or we're going to die from you know just frustration even <laughs> i say with st paul to live as christ to die is gain When that's the perspective, I live my life for Christ, for love of him, in the joy of my salvation, with the knowledge that when I'm done, when the race is run and I enter into my rest, praise be God, Mm. that's something to look forward to, you know, and when we're living out of that hope, the hope for eternal life, the hope of the beatific vision, it's like. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and
1: grace. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, what I imagine, um, and I I, I love to recall this kind of image of all the apostles at the foot of the cross as Christ was dying and in fact dead, Um, everything seemed to be lost. Mm. They couldn't see a way around this because of their they're living so in the natural world. Um, they couldn't get their minds around it except of course the blessed mother she knew, right? Mm. Even though she was profoundly sad. So I, I, I like to look at that snapshot in a year like twenty twenty, year like twenty twenty one, when things seem very dark, but we know how the story goes. We know in Christ's resurrection to bring hope and we are not of this world.
0: Right. Absolutely. And we can have that hope and we can have that knowledge and we can have that joy. But if we can't speak it, if we can't share it in a way that's meaningful and compelling to others, it stops with us. Mm-hmm. And that's never what our faith is meant to be. Our faith is an apostolic faith. right? One who is sent. That's how this faith started. You had these apostles who came to know who Christ was to understand the salvation that he wrought for us on the cross. And then they went forth and they spread the good news and they spread Christianity to the four to corners yourself. of the earth. No. Right. It's like, you know, it it, bur- it should burn within you that you would want to speak of it and not be ashamed, not be afraid, not like worry that people are going to think you're a Jesus freak be a Jesus freak for goodness Absolutely. sake. What what else is there but right. to be in love with the Lord and to want to shout that from the rooftops, right? <laughs> I feel like a little kid's like I have found something so
1: cool and so awesome. Come, let me let me right. share my joy with you because you can have this joy too. This is what Christ wants for you. And yeah. that's that's one of the things that really drives me. It's like that joy that I have received from the Lord that I want to go and share mm-hmm. it with everyone
0: and say, you may too have this joy. Absolutely. And it's like, are you afraid of death? I know where to find the bread of life. That's right. right. The bread of life. The eternal bread. Like I... Know where it is. Let me choke you. Let me help you find it too. I'm getting chills. Right? And Mm. so to be prepared to have the defense means to be willing and able to speak. And so I know that there's so many people that they get very nervous about speaking about anything. Some people are like public speaking in, in any way is frightening to them. But in particular about faith, because it seems so personal and you're so you may be very like sensitive to rejection or or somebody, you know, acting like you're, you know, somehow trying to impose your views upon them. Or there's often so much like if you just share your faith, people will think you're being judgy. You know what? So be it. Mm. If that's the response you get. Just because you sh- you were so in love with your Lord and you wanted to share it with them, and the way that you know how to love best is to share the best thing with right, them. Right. If I, they don't respond well, okay. Well, I would even
1: challenge you if they don't. If you're you're hitting a, a, a say a, a point with them that makes them uncomfortable, that can be a very good thing. Absolutely, it makes them think and it makes them reevaluate maybe where they are. Well. If she's so happy with this and this is making me uncomfortable, you see what I'm saying? That critical Mm -hmm. thinking. So sometimes getting people out of their comfort zone with your love and your joy for the Lord is a really good thing.
0: Yeah. But you may not see the fruit of it. That's the thing. You may only see the negative. And that's where the trust comes in, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That you do what you're called to do. Be who you're called to be. Let God take care of the rest, you know, and if that means you may have to suffer a little bit of discomfort or even rejection, well, is their soul worth it? Absolutely. Is your obedience to God worth it?
1: Yeah, you know, Megan, when I was uh, first really embracing this, because I'm I'm by nature pretty vain, want people to think well of me and blah, blah, blah. So to get out of my comfort zone like this was really hard. So I gave myself a personal challenge is to do something bold for Christ today. Have I done something bold? What does that mean? Getting out of your comfort zone to speak his truth and his love. And you know, the more I did that, the more comfortable I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer Uncomfortable speaking about the Lord, with anyone,
0: <laughs> right? Well, and that's <laughs> the next it's word. A practice, right? That that your perfect segue yes. because that gets us to the word that I skipped. I said, always be ready to make a defense, and it says to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Mm. Everyone now, everyone can be hard for some people because you know some people you feel a lot more comfortable with. You feel. Like this is a safer place to bring my faith to the forefront, but no, God, the Lord Jesus says that the father desires that everyone should come to know, come to the knowledge of God and be saved. Everyone will everyone be saved. Sadly, no, 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 because we do have free will and many people will choose not to love the Lord and not to serve him. That's Mm -hmm. reality. But does God wish and desire that everyone be saved? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to be part of that. That's the beautiful thing. He not only allows us our own personal free will, he also desires us to be engaged in the work of salvation. There is nothing grander in life. Than the opportunity to have an impact on the eternal soul of right. another person. Like, what work is more profound, more beautiful? You can make millions and millions of dollars or, you know, some huge discovery or anything that the world esteems. None of it, none of it is worth a cent compared to the value of an internal soul because Mm -hmm. all those things are passing away. They will pass away, but this soul is forever. And to have that soul forever in the presence of the Lord with you, worshiping the Lord, there is nothing greater,
1: nothing greater. And how many times do
0: we miss opportunities to be engaged in the salvation of another person? But the Lord gives us those opportunities because he longs for us to be part of his redemptive work.
1: I like just to encourage that... uh paradigm shift to think that maybe making someone uncomfortable is just what the Lord wants for them. Jesus, when he walked his earth, was not really concerned about making people very comfortable. If you think about that, that is true. I imagine the, the Chosen series, which by the way, if you haven't seen that first season of The Chosen, please do so. It will really bless you.
0: Oh yeah. Watch that because I believe the second one's going to be out Pretty before soon. too, too long. Woo-hoo. And so, yeah, you want to get in there on the first bit. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, be, be open-minded about who you're willing to talk to about faith, you know, because we make a lot of assumptions about people, about where they're at as far as their openness to hearing about the things of the Lord. But the truth is, is that we only ever get to see generally a very superficial view of any particular person. And what they may be showing externally may, is usually so, 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 so small a part of what's going on completely within them. So they may look like a person who's just not interested, but the reality is, is that their need to hear the gospel may be profound and deep. And if they are, if someone's willing to push past that little barrier that they're putting up, there may be unfathomable depths of opportunity to minister to that person. So let's, you know, in our, in our mindset an evangelizing mindset that, that, um, Peter, the first Pope is putting before us is an open-mindedness to who we are going to speak to about this hope that we have in Christ. So much hope. And I just...
1: Really, the whole thing about my personal journey was seeking the source of love, which is a source of all healing as well, which is Jesus Christ. And so to want to bring him to others so they may be fully healed and feel fully alive in God's love is part of the human experience that God really wants for us. And so that's what this evangelization is all about, is bringing Jesus, his love and his healing to every person on earth.
0: Absolutely for sure. And then finally, but with gentleness and respect. Mm. So tone matters on in this. And it, it's not just about, this is the truth that I want to share with you, right? This is, I think, this is the love I want to share with you. People are much a, much more capable of receiving words when they perceive that they're said in love, even if they're hard words, even if they're admonishing words. And we always need to respect the dignity and free will of another person. Like I said, you know, you may be resoundly rejected for speaking about your faith and for trying to share your faith and you have to respect That that individual has the right to make the decisions that they make. They may decide, I don't want to hear this. And you'd be like, okay, you know, what I have, I give to you. You can choose or not to accept it. You are free to choose. But I must give because my Lord compels me. Mm -hmm. The love of Christ impels us. Absolutely. I mean, what a beautiful verse. right? right? And, and we always
1: want to be that person in the room or in the group that is a really soft place to approach with those kind of sensitive questions about the Lord, about the teachings of our church. Um, I pray that I can be that where people will feel comfortable enough to open that door for me to speak to them about it. Does my life show that. Do I proclaim his kingdom with my thoughts, words, and my actions? And I pray that every, every day.
0: Yeah. That, that examination of conscience, because, you know, a hypocrite is never compelling, (laughs) right? That is (laughs) the truth. So if you're going to go out there and be all like proclaiming the word and evangelizing, and yet in your, your, your life does not reflect these words that you speak, you not only won't draw people to Christ, you will repel them. You will do the very opposite of what you're trying to do. Now that doesn't mean that you're perfect, that you're ever going to be perfect. But what you can be is humble enough to acknowledge your lack of perfection and to show the willingness to say, you know what? I don't have it all figured out and I fail you know, all the time to live up to who I'm called to be in Christ. But just because I fail to be who I want to be sometimes doesn't mean that Christ's plan isn't perfect. It's just, I am imperfectly living out his perfect plan Mm, for sure. And that's the focus to take the focus off yourself and put it onto him. We should do that not only in our evangelizing, but also in our own spiritual lives. So often we focus on ourselves too much you know even when we're you know saying i i'm falling short i'm a sinner i'm terrible i'm awful but like okay if all you ever think about is you 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 and how you're failing or whatever your eyes aren't on the lord and so we also need to keep our eyes on the lord when we're evangelizing and be like i know that i don't live this completely and i wish that i were a right. better christian but i know that the times that i do live it those are the times when i have the most joy and the most peace Mm -hmm. And I see the positive impact in my own life of living within his will. And I have no doubt that you will experience a similar impact when you turn your heart and mind towards
1: the Lord. Right. I I have two phrases here that really help us to examine how we're doing or how to work towards this goal that we're talking about. One of them is, what am I attached to more than I am the Lord? Mm hmm. Where do I need to detach? And that's a very, you got to be really honest with yourself because it can be uh, anything from people. We think stuff mostly, but it can be people, events, opinions, things like that. What do I need to detach from so that I may be fully attached to Christ, right? Right. That's a good way to start it.
0: For sure. And that will lead you to not only, you know, where you are in your own spiritual life. But when you do that and when you have your own life well examined, often it also opens your eyes to see other people in a new light where you can kind of recognize where some of their troubles are coming from as it relates to the Lord and as it relates to being at peace and things like that. You can be like, Yeah, I understand that in my own life, like I was placing too much emphasis on this or I was placing, you know, I thought that I could achieve happiness because of this when really I needed to focus on the Lord. And then you can see that that might be at play in other people's lives and be sensitive to it. Instead of judging of it, you become sensitive to it and understand that that is a challenge that is difficult and it's something that the Lord wants to bring healing to um, and it, but it's a way that you can be, you know, more sensitive when you're speaking to that person. Um,
1: I, mean, I have a question for you though. We're talking today, obviously about, you know, um, the great commission and evangelization in this time of chaos. And now I have a couple of young women in my life that are going through RCA right now. And a big question I get a lot is like, well, how do you separate the truths of the church from the behavior of the people in the church meaning in the hierarchy and things mm-hmm. like that and that's a very good question you know i, I usually respond with something like well god uh, these people in the church are fallible just as we are all fallible but the truths of the church are not so i, I think can you just address that for just a second about how when people are 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 going to come into the church and they're embracing the catholic faith but they're looking at some of the bad things some of this so mm-hmm. you say like a mccarrick or someone like right. that is done How do we help process that? Because they're getting really close. They're really closer. How how do we do that?
0: Honestly, I think the best way to deal with that is let's look at the lives of the saints instead of looking at the lives of those who are continuing on a path of working towards perfection, but, you know, are still struggling. Because the reality is this, you don't judge something by the people that fail to live up to it, right? Like for example, say okay, let's take a, a totally secular example. Say the the sport of basketball. Do you judge the the beauty of the sport, the entertainment level of the sport, you know, its value as a sport by the worst player who breaks all the rules or by the player who excels and plays the game within the rules effectively and um, with grace and with, uh, you know, power and everything. How do you judge the game of basketball? Right. Not by the guy who's not good at it, who, who's, <laughs> who's like, you know, a totally terrible player and who breaks all the rules. No, you judge it by like the Michael Jordan mm, mm-hmm. and you see the beauty of the game. Right. right. Stop focusing on the Players that aren't playing it well. Yeah, <laughs> Focus on the people that. who have lived the truths of the church with beauty and grace and, and commitment yeah, yeah. to living up to the standards of what the church right. calls. So you look at what the church calls us to, which are grand and beautiful and everything. And then you say, okay, who's lived it well? And then I'll judge... It based on that mm. so instead of looking at joe Schmo catholic who like is totally like curses and says terrible things about other people and skips mass and everything why don't you look at mother teresa teresa of Avila? look at teresa of Avila. look at look at saint francis of assisi look at saint paul of the cross because i'm a passionist oh. and i love saint paul of the cross but you can also <laughs> look at saint john of the cross because you it's probably have heard favorites. of him yeah you know like look at these great saints Now I ask you, what do you think about the Catholic church? (laughs) You know, or even that person in your life who you saw and thought, I want to be more like that. Oh yeah. That person that you saw that said, there's something in them that I I'm drawn to. I want what they have. I want what they have. Judge it on those people Mm -hmm. because the people who, who are struggling, who aren't living up to the faith, who knows all the reasons why that's the case. You know, what parts of their life are they shutting off from the grace of God? What parts of their lives are they, have they said no? What parts of their lives, just like we talked about at the beginning, have they not sanctified Christ as Lord in their hearts? That's the deal that they're living in. Well,
1: as Megan and I both being converts, I think I speak for you as well when I say that we came into the Catholic Church because we believe that it has the tools of the straightest, surest path to Jesus Christ and the Father through the sacraments and through its teachings, bar none. There is so much there, There's so much richness
0: and goodness. There is no place else to go. Amen. Amen. So I would also say, you know, I think we're going to wrap it up fairly soon here, but a couple other kind of like practical thoughts as we go into this idea of evangelizing in chaotic times, especially, Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is just relevant in all times, um, but particularly in chaotic times. One of the things I think we really need to be careful of is to come into situations with too much of like a Pollyanna attitude. It's all good. Christ has won the victory. Don't worry about anything. Oh, that's me. You know, (laughs) uh, no, listen, though. Suffering's real. Suffering is real and it's hard and people really are struggling. And to dismiss that, to say you're, you know, like, oh, well, you should get over it because Christ has won the victory. That is not being gentle or respectful. That is diminishing the real pain that a person has. So instead of trying to gloss over that, instead of trying to push that away and say you shouldn't be suffering because, you know, oh, so, God is good. So redemptive, the suffering. Yeah, but just, and no, I would say don't even go right there yet. Because some people in their suffering, they're not ready to receive that it's redemptive, that it has power, that there's actually good that can come out of it. They're just in their pain. What we can do as Christians, with our hope, with our joy, protecting us, we can sit with them in their pain. We can be present and not be afraid of being pulled down into this abyss, but we can be truly present to them in a peaceful way, be like, you know what? I'm not here to take it away, but I will be here with you in it. You are not alone. You're not alone. God does love you. I know that to be true. And maybe you can't feel that right now, but let me hold it for you until you're ready to receive it. That's something we can do when we're not freaking out, when we're not down in the abyss ourselves where we need ministering to, right? And sometimes as Christians we're going to get to those places too and that's why we need Christian community. Absolutely. Well, we can have our brothers and sisters who aren't down there, who the aren't in the desolation, in spiritual friendships, absolutely, <laughs> who aren't in the desolation to come in that moment and be like, "Let me be your memory for you." Mm. When you can't hold on to that memory of God's goodness, I will hold it for you. And that's one of the beauties that we have to offer as Christians in a chaotic world where it seems like everybody wants to identify like what, what, uh, you know, group are you in or what political ideology do you belong to or what race are you or what what, this, that, or the, everybody wants to like put you in a box, but the idea of, I am a Christian. It transcends every box. It breaks every chain. It says, I am a daughter or son of God who is united to you through the love of God, and you can be part of this no matter what. Mm. This is something that we can offer because the political winds, they will blow and they will blow hot and they will blow hard and there will be change and there will be confusion. But the truth of Jesus Christ is unchanging. It is an anchor. He's the same today. Tomorrow, forever. Right. And that is something that we can offer. Mm, mm
1: -hmm. Be part
0: of something that's not going to collapse. That has withstood the test of time and has produced such beautiful saints. Be part of that. Be part of that club. You know, and... We invite you. And that's the final thing I want to end on. Come and share in our joy. The invitation. Mm. It's not just, I speak these words to you about my joy in the Lord, or, you know, that you could have it too. Be concrete. Invite. You know what? There's a lot of Protestant churches that are still closed, even in Texas. Come to mass. We're worshiping together. Come worship with us. Invite opportunities to say, be come be in the presence of the Lord with me. Maybe you're not, maybe somebody is not ready to handle mass. Shall we say, you know, my church has adoration. Why don't you come with me and pray before the pray in the Lord, presence of the Lord. Sure. Let's just pray together. You know, let's be in God's temple, you know, and they may not know anything of Christ in the Eucharist, but I'll tell you this, his presence is palpable. Even when you don't understand. So strong. You know, one time in my life, I had this woman who she was a lesbian, had just been broken up with by her girlfriend, was devastated. And I said, you know what? I see your pain is really real. And I know that you really, really loved and that you are so hurt. There's this adoration chapel where you can go pray in the presence of the Lord and I invite you to do that. And she went. So to not judge, well, this person's not going to be open to that because this, that, and the other, they belong to this group or that group, or they're opposed to this It's not for you to decide. You know what? The Lord's waiting for all of us. Exactly. He's waiting for all of us. And you know what? He's waiting for his servants to start serving, to start inviting, to start bringing people to him. Let's bring people to the Lord. Will you answer the call? That's right. Will you answer? Mm -hmm. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. So I pray the Lord will speak to y'all's hearts in each moment of every day that you would be attentive to the words that he's speaking to your heart, what he's calling you to. And when he puts people in your path, and gives you opportunities to speak a word of truth, to speak a word of love, to speak a word of invitation, say yes. Say yes to the Lord. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart each and every day. Amen. So with that, we will say goodbye for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been blessed by listening to this podcast or any of the others, we just ask you to please share Um, We would love to get more people in on the conversation and to continue this uh, beautiful work of trying to encourage folks to build healthy, holy relationships that draw ourselves and each other closer to Christ. So please do share and thank you again for joining. Until next time, God bless.